0: sevens is back. It's Friday. It's Friday fun day. How are you James? Good. Good. What's happening? Not much. Busy week. Just hanging out? Yeah. Playing Nintendo? Living the dream. That's good. That's good. First thing we have to do, thank thecover.com.au. It is humming right now. I think we've had an article go up every day over the last week. None from me. I don't expect we'll ever get one from you, sir. That's fair. <laughs> uh, all right, we we've got a pretty big week. It was pretty exciting over the weekend. James and I both uh, headed up to Sevens to Bankwest Stadium to check it out, and uh, pretty the results not necessarily surprising. I know we picked Australia to win, but um, judging by form and all of that, I think. New Zealand were deserving winners, but Definitely, definitely. One thing um, that was evident is seeing it live is different. You really get a good sense of some some strategy. Um yeah. and, and some things that, that definitely surprised us. So I know one thing you pointed out earlier was the way that the that New Zealand women defend. Yeah,
1: so they seem to defend three and three either side of the ruck, sort of irrespective of where the, the breakdown is. Obviously if it gets inside sort of that ten meter to the edge channel. They usually changed it up a little bit, but yeah, anywhere through that sort of 15 to 15, they were defending three and three, irrespective of the way the other teams were lining up. So sometimes they were lining up three on five, sort of giving other teams the overlap. No, just backing that boot defender to get across and cover the inside. And and to be honest, outside of probably Brazil, there's Mm. no teams with more speed than than Flula and Michaela Blyde, so... They were giving away the edge knowing they could lock down the middle and be solid. And, yeah, the only team that really seemed to challenge them was Japan in, in yeah. game one. Yeah. They played
0: really hard and quick through the middle. Um, and and sort flat. Of a, they yeah. flattened right up. So one of the things, I mean, we were sort of sitting side on um, around the 40-meter line somewhere somewhere like that, and it was really evident, um, particularly when Nathan Wong was sitting back in that, in that boot spot, how deep she was playing, yeah, and how much space there was between the two pods of three, yeah, exactly. And so to see, you know, see Japan, a, 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 I guess a tier two team, a development team coming into the to the series to ID that, and then just go, well, we're just going to play short and flat. Um, you know, it was pretty pretty cool. But then it was also interesting to see how New Zealand adjusted. Yeah, and, and they ended up putting 28 points on them in the you know in pretty quick succession. But, yeah, they,
1: that sort of first six minutes, New Zealand really didn't know how to contain Japan. And, and it wasn't until they sort of pushed that boot just back up in the line and shut down those angles that they were able to – like Noah Williams and Stacey Flula I think had two or three turnovers each in that the back end yeah. of that first half and started the second half. And after that it was sort of game over for Japan. But yeah. it's t- to be honest, it sort of showed all the other teams – how they can manipulate New Zealand's pretty solid defence, but no one else really seemed to get the memo.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess with the rapid the rapid nature of the format now, there's no breaks. You probably don't get a, an opportunity to, to watch much footage in between games, but you'd think now...
1: They should have been texting us, asking us <laughs> for tips.
0: Um, the other thing, I know we don't talk about the men's game a lot, but the other thing that I found very intriguing... Um, we had a we had a chance to speak to some of the Fijian men's teams um, staff on the day and they you know gave up a little bit around the way that they particularly in their attack around the way that they attack and i found it fascinating because they basically just pair up yeah so they have one guy who floats everyone else is in a pair and with zero structure because they love to throw the ball around they love to keep the 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 ball off the deck but knowing that knowing that they have their pairs it makes a lot of sense when you see them make a make a half break and throw a no look pass because they know them their pair is there yeah it, it
1: gives them license to attack with no fear knowing that it's actually not their responsibility to recycle the ball yeah it's, it's their partner so they can attack and basically play whatever's in front of them knowing that they've got support and yeah that having them in the pairs for, it looks like they train in those pairs and they do a whole bunch yeah. of stuff you know, with, with their partner and, that you know, they obviously, those two guys on the field know each other's game inside and out mm. and so they can get away
0: with the ridiculous, you know, way they <laughs> attack, which is, you know, it's, it's... But so I've spent my whole life, how do, like, how do they do that? How do they know nine times out of ten those offloads come off? How do they know? Because they don't actually talk a lot, but they talk, but they don't, you can't hear him screaming saying offloads on, offloads yeah, on or, yeah, yeah. Or, or however you say it in Fijian. They just throw these no-look passes. They just know. I've spent my whole life trying to figure it out, and now, as simple as saying, well, they just play in pairs, it it makes the whole yeah. thing make sense. And
1: and I guess the the important thing to preface with that is that these guys are some of the most skilled totally. sevens players in the world. You know, yeah. their, their basic skills, uh, they practice day in and day out to be able to do the things they do. You know, they don't just turn up to the park and throw off loads. They put mm. in. An abundance of work on their core
0: skills to allow them to play the way that they want to play. Yeah, and another interest I guess another interesting wrinkle is when they do get separated. So we saw a pair on either side of the field, one of them caught it and just kicked it to his mate on yeah. the other on the other side of the field. <laughs> he was cooked and knew that it was his partner's responsibility.
1: So he just kicked. It.
0: <laughs> so, you know, there's a there's, I guess and Yeah, Tui Mumble ran ninety five <laughs> meters and scored. Crazy. Yeah. All right, look, back to the job at hand. Uh, let's have a look at how it went down in Sydney. So our picks were close. We picked the USA to have a big tournament and they, you know, seeing them in person, um, it looks, you know, I, I can't speak for them, but it looks like there's some misunderstandings going on internally. They look, particularly with their D-line, really disconnected. Yeah. And they often, when they're carrying, you know, the, the US. U.S. like to carry, especially through the middle. But often when they're carrying, they're, they're carrying one off, so they're not they're not in their pair if that's how they play, or or in their three, they're really both in defence and attack, really disconnected.
1: Yeah, and sort of watching them from from behind, as you said, especially in defence, there seems to be some combinations with some of the more senior players that are really quality. Mm. But there there does seem to be disconnect across the, the seven or or the six in the line when they're playing with that sweeper, which is and i guess the good teams have been able to identify that and really attack those sort of weak links or weak channels in the defensive line and then you know, it sort of seemed even against some of the the tier 2 teams that you know we often talk about attack with no fear they really just seemed to be you know defensively chasing the game making it mm. a lot harder for themselves having to work back and then when they did turn the ball over they didn't have that that dominance and that power through their carries because they were having to defend
0: so hard and maybe that's you know i know we spoke about this last week how they rotate their squad quite a bit. Maybe that's you know uh, that's a factor. So they've got you know three or four girls coming in, different girls each yeah. tournament, yeah. Um, and and rotating their starting seven too. So you know you, you tend to see two or three rotate into their starting seven each each round too. So maybe you know that's a tactic from from them to say, well, yes, World Series is important to a to a degree, but we're trying to win a gold medal. Yeah. yeah. So we're we're gonna blood. As many as we can, try as many different combinations as we can until yeah. we get it.
1: And I, and I guess now they've got that you know eight week break to Hong Kong where they can really mm. put in some some decent training, quality reps into you know, those girls that have now got World Series experience. And yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be very surprised if they didn't you know get a whole lot better before Hong Kong.
0: Yeah. So New Zealand topped Pool A, Australia topped Pool B, and Canada topped Pool C. Actually, I think that's the other way around. I think Canada topped Pool B and Australia topped Pool C, and then. Uh, the French were the next yeah. best qualifier, um, who were in Australia's pool. So that was a big game for Australia on Sunday morning. They got the win there um, to to get that what what we felt was a more favourable matchup for them playing Canada as opposed to playing New Zealand. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I think it was it was interesting seeing them play France. You know, France have been very you know quality for a, for a number of tournaments now. We were anticipating that to be a really big game. And it was interesting we saw sort of, we spoke about chano coming back in mm. and really helping us against France in particular with her you know strength through the middle but it was interesting I think having Kazlik back was actually a bigger benefit benefit for us against France which probably wasn't something we would have noticed if we weren't there yeah you know having her in the sweep it didn't necessarily she didn't necessarily have a fantastic defensive game but having her in that sweeper role allowed you know all the other girls to tighten right up and have yep. confidence in contact and you see. Players like Staples and Tonegato just dominate through the middle because they were literally defending with no fear, knowing that mm. if they got beaten, they had they were fine. They so were they weren't covered, hanging yeah. off. They were committing hard, and we were we were dominating the French physically, which was you know sort
0: of how we got over them in both games. Well, and the other thing it does is it because she's so good over the ball, Kazlik, it just it it forces France or it forced France a little bit to get away from what they're good at, yeah, which is attacking through the middle because we were tighter and because they knew. That if we get a half break, Charlotte's going to be on top of that ball because she does tend to play pretty shallow yeah. in that sweeper role. So they started to play a little bit wider, which really suited us because we fly up off the edge again with no fear, knowing that Kazakh's got us covered. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the, the other benefit
1: is, you know, one edge we've got Elliot Green, obviously fantastic, but Cassie Staples was sort of the, mm-hmm. you know, a bit underrated at the moment. She's, you know, she's been in that starting seven for a number of number of tournaments, and it was interesting watching her live. Um, you know, we sort of spoke about it at the time. The amount of work she does off yeah, the off, ball off defensively the yeah. is unbelievable. Like, there was a couple of times she was matched up, sort of her on three, mm. and she shut the play down, you know, because she's, sp- she's got the speed to match it with pretty much anyone on mm. the series. Um, and, yeah, the confidence she sort of gives Shani and Tonagato inside her defensively too, knowing that they can really
0: push up and commit, knowing they got Cass outside to – to have their back as well. Yeah. So we'll we'll start with the New Zealand v France semi final. The the score in that game was twenty four seven. New Zealand fairly comprehensive, fair to say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean again, New Zealand are sort of there they can match it with pretty much anyone in the middle physically, mm. and then obviously having Michaela and Flula on either edge. You know, so they they were defending really well through in the middle, sort
0: of shutting down France's game, turning the ball over, and just. You know, shifting to the edge and yeah, well, and that's another you know another advantage of their structure. Their three and three is yeah, that middle is open, but it does isolate a ball carrier. Yeah. So again, France is forced to play slightly different footy than than they want to play, which is that strong carry through the middle. Yeah, ex- exactly. And it what it also allows is as soon as they turn the ball over,
1: they've got three. Usually three mm. on, you know, three on two or three on one, depending on how the other team's attacking. And yep. they just go bang, bang. Yeah. And all of a sudden, even though they don't score, all
0: of a sudden they've turned around 60 metres. Yep. Yeah. It's, and then you're uh, in trouble. Yeah. It's that classic, you know, turn the ball over, let's throw it to where the space is. That yeah. one, yeah. they ID that well. But because yeah. of that structure, they have three ready to go, yeah. generally either side of the field. Yeah. And,
1: and I guess they really take all the, the coaches obviously taken all of the thought process out of, out of the defence, you know, having to read the play yeah. and know whether I should roll under or whether I should set. It's just bang, set three, three. Three,
0: three. Three, and the boot and let the boot dictate what goes on. Yeah, and it sounds like, or not sounds like, it looked like the boot has a licence to attack the ball yeah. and everyone else is really disciplined. Yeah. 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 So then if we look at the Canada-Australia game, I, I think we probably owe Canada an apology. We've discounted them for basically the entire time we've run this podcast <laughs> yeah but watching watching them live there's a there's a couple of things that impress me they're not fancy they're not flashy but they are incredibly disciplined yeah and what they do which i would have, i would hate to play against them because i would get frustrated like the australians did but they just hang on to the ball they recycle ball they're happy to go 15 phases and then they wait until an Australian, or, or anyone, but in, in this semi, they waited till an Australian attacked a dead ruck or shot up out of the line, and then they attacked the the advantage that they had. Um, and as a result of that, they were able to get a real roll on and ended up putting 34 points to Australia's nil. Yeah, and they're,
1: they're the kind of team that's happy to win, you know, 7-0 or 5-0. Yeah. You know, they're... They just, they're happy to keep the ball for, and they're good enough to keep the ball for 14 minutes yeah. and just play really, I don't want to say boring, but really uh, old school footy. Direct. Yeah. Direct yeah. footy. You know, yeah. just good pick and drive footy. <laughs> um, but but full credit. To, and it's sort of that old adage, you know, a champion team beats a team of champions. You know, yeah. they, they all buy into the, the system that the coach has got and, you know, they all play really well together. And it, and it doesn't matter if they've got the ball or not, they're. They're so confident in their ability and their, you know, their ability as a team, that they can match it with anyone. And you know, they weren't phased coming up against some of the best attacking players in the world. They, a lot of the time, especially when Australia had the ball, they just hung off and and waited for us to make a mistake. Yeah, you know, we we got down, you know, that first try, and then from then on in, we were we were trying to score ninety meter tries, and Canada were just hanging off, yeah. not giving us any opportunity, just waiting for us to make a mistake. And as soon as we did. They just turned around and then recycled the ball for another three yeah. or four minutes. And I,
0: For me, that was the most impressive thing. Their, their defensive line is so disciplined. <laughs> no one shoots out of the line. They get up together. They stay connected all the time, and they don't attack rucks unless it's yeah. it's 99.9% oh, on. defensive coach's dream. Yeah, and, and as a result of that, as you sort of touched on, we were trying to score off the first phase yeah. every time. We were yeah. trying to you know, give it to Elia or Cassie with some space and then just allow them to sort of run around them and they just shut it down. Yeah,
1: and to be fair, there were a number of times where we created opportunities and we got to the outside or we got in behind and then we looked, we, we were so desperate to score. We just looked to push the pass yeah. or carry too far or, you know, try and beat that extra player rather than just playing the Canadian style of, well, let's let's consolidate our our mm. win
0: Recycle the ball and go again. Yeah, that's the ironic thing. The way to beat Canada is, is to play, play like, like Canada. Canada. And yep. I know that frustrates some of the more creative players. Yeah. But that's where your discipline in attack and defence is really important. Yep. And and to be fair, that is
1: that is the reason the Kiwis are so quality, is yep. because they are consistently
0: willing and able to adjust their game plan to suit who they're playing. Yep. And and they, you know, they love to attack, as everyone does. Everyone knows how to attack, everyone's been doing it. Since they were kids, but they buy into being really disciplined defensively. Yeah, and you know, part of that is is this, that New Zealand structure, the three and three structure. You got your two mates, right? We're good to go. Yeah, but that was yeah for for me that was the most evident thing with Canada. Their discipline defensively and their ability to maintain possession for long stretches of the game ultimately just frustrated Australia, and it and it made them feel like. Yeah, we have to push passes. We have to throw five person cutout balls to try and create something from nothing. Yeah, and the ironic thing
1: is, if we just recycle the ball, we you know we 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 are more skilled, more athletic, quicker. To be fair, probably stronger as well. But yeah, we just Canada sort of hang off and and wait for us to to make a mistake. They're like yeah. that annoying older sibling, just poking us, waiting for us to to blow up, <laughs> waiting for make, the bear to erupt. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, shout out to my older
0: brother. <laughs> I had sisters, so I was the one doing the nah. doing the annoying. Uh, so then we'll, we'll talk the bronze, talk through the bronze game. So Australia played France again um, in a twelve ten sort of old school. The rain had sort of started to come down, so it forced everyone to tighten up a little bit, play a little bit narrower. Yeah. Um, so it was a real defensive battle. Yeah, but but again, it's
1: similar to the pool game. We got two tries ahead, yeah, and then sort of let the French back in, and, and I think that's one thing particularly. Johnny's going to be really keen on on stamping out leading into Hong Kong is that, you know, when we get ahead, you know, not necessarily we, we don't necessarily need to be ruthless, foot on the throat, but we need to keep, you know, pushing the keep game the, and keep attacking because yeah. at the end of the day, anything under sort of 20-point lead is, is pretty attainable, you know, yeah. in a seven-minute half.
0: Well, and if you look at what happened, you know, in the – in in the example of the semi final against Canada, you see what scoreboard pressure does. Oh yeah, you know twelve points becomes seventeen, becomes nineteen, yeah, becomes twenty four. You know all of a sudden, you know the other team is really chasing the game, and that's when the, the mistakes start to come in. Yeah, yeah. And then so you know, you know, look, congratulations to Australia. A bron- bronze is is certainly nothing to balk at. No,
1: exactly, and. You know, Shani said it sort of in that interview right after the bronze that yeah. they are they are building and they are getting better. And we see it every series. We are sort of adding another little, you know, chink to our armour and we yeah. are consistently getting better. And, you know, it's the first tournament we had, you know, a couple of our big dogs back in. Mm-hmm. And then you, you sort of look at that team with, you know, Yevani's and potentially Dalton's, you know, and even Lily Dick. I think those you know, adding those three into that 12, like th- there's some seriously exciting times ahead for us. And I, I think as we've touched on a, f- a few times, we we are probably the, the most attacking side in mm. the series. We've just got to work on the other side of the coin and, and fix up that that discipline and, and confidence in our defence. And yeah, I, I think to be honest, we can really challenge, especially Canada and France, but I really think
0: we can challenge NZ in Tokyo. Yeah, and, you know, we have the luxury of having some... Real old heads, some real yeah, cool, experienced. Yeah. You know, been there, done that, won the gold medal, won a World Series, and then also, you know, Nathan, Packy, Ashby, Hanaway, all yeah. under twenty years old, yeah, pushing yeah. those girls to be better, yeah, exactly. and getting, but in the process, getting better themselves. Yeah, yeah. and and then you know, girls like Baez and Lily Dick too, like true, learn, yeah, true, learning true. off true. the maestro,
1: Shani, yeah, and and Shano, like yeah, and and you like we sort of touched on it. A little bit live when we were, we were at the sevens like seeing the way shani and shano are playing at the moment compared to how they were probably playing two or three seasons ago like that it's almost like they've been injected with a bit of youth like they're mm. the way they're playing is you know they're a lot more dynamic and working really hard off the ball and there's there's just a lot more activity happening which but
0: is but you know it's almost like you know when you have a an older dog like pet dog and then you bring the puppy in yeah all of a sudden the dog it, it you know it Resparks it. It's it's full of life again. Yeah, yeah. Um. You know. It's you can kind of see that's what's happened with with Shano and Shani. Yeah. Um. You know. You know. I, I've been a huge fan of Shani's game for a long time, but this is the best stretch of footy I think I've ever seen her play. Yeah. And she's you know 32 years old, and, and I guess that that's that positive competition. Yeah. The spots. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Then if we look, go across and look at the gold medal game. New Zealand were comprehensive, 33-7 against Canada. Yeah. You know, they they, they sort of, as we spoke about, hung off
1: defensively and, and waited a little bit like Canada do, but they just did a little bit more classy. They you know, yeah. hung off, waited for the right opportunities to, to attack the ball, and then when they did get the ball, they're just, they're just too good in attack.
0: Just their strike power, Fuller, yeah. Blyde, Nathan Wong. Yeah. You know, they just, they ID space, they get the ball there in the most efficient possible yeah. Fashion. And interestingly, in terms of the way they attacked, it didn't really change because of the rain. They still played to width no. and they still threw offloads. And it was yeah, it was really Yeah, that back,
1: back their core skills.
0: And yeah. 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 It was that impressive was to watch. All right, so let's have a look at the dream team. I've got it here, loaded up on my phone. If it will load. <laughs> Come on, Jovi. <laughs> Come on, Jovi, the IT guy. So we had uh, Karen Paquin from Canada, Stacey Flula, thoroughly deserving again from New Zealand, Louisa Tissolo from Fiji, Charlotte Kazlick in her return tournament from Australia, Tyler Nathan-Wong from New Zealand, Kaylee Lucan from Canada, and Coralie Bertrand from France. Pretty good team. Yeah yeah no, potentially a couple unlucky to miss out,
1: but those seven girls were yeah pretty quality across the weekend, so
0: yeah, you'd probably throw blight in that mix, yeah um as someone who's a bit unlucky, you know potentially even Shani yeah and and Shano too yeah no and and I guess that's you know maybe
1: something we talk about all the time is is recognizing that you know the one percent is that a lot of these girls do you know a lot of the girls not on the seven do to to make those girls. Look
0: good and make the game easier for, for everyone around them. Yeah, we don't we definitely don't celebrate them enough. We don't celebrate them enough in either format of the game. No. Um, but yeah, I think especially being there on the day, you really do gain an appreciation of how much work is happening away from the camera. Yeah oh, off yeah. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I was working hard. Oh, I know. I oh, yeah. I saw you with your, your six piccolos. Yeah. Little yeah.
1: cup and saucer watching the <laughs> footy, living the drone. <laughs>
0: The the other thing that was really interesting, I know we've spoken about this a little bit, um, is and, and you know having the luxury of of being able to engage with a few of the players and a few of the, the team members, um, staff, coaches, that sort of thing. The overwhelming sentiment from speaking to those people is that they're not happy about the format change. Yeah,
1: which is interesting, and the players seem. Yeah, this is moving from the three days back to the two, and then um, especially in the women's side. So it doesn't happen on the men's side, but on because the, because there's the full sixteen. Yeah, but on the women's side with the the twelve, you know, they've gone from potentially playing six games of tournament to four. if yeah. you know, if they don't have a good day one, and so that's putting a lot of pressure on loading up day one to you know get through to the top four. Um, and yeah, players don't seem to, across the board, men's and women's, and across many of the the programs don't seem to be happy that they a, weren't consulted mm. by world rugby in, in changing the format because it obviously puts a lot more pressure on their their bodies to be playing more footy in a shorter period of time. And they're not super happy that there's a, a limit on how many minutes are available in a, an Olympic year. So these girls are trying to, you know, maximize their footy to maximize individually their opportunity to make their national teams for the Olympics. And world Rug- rugby have sort of cut that out from underneath them without really consulting them. Yeah, and, so. it,
0: and you know, you you got to put the coaches in that, in that group too. Yeah, exactly. Given they're trying to perform at an Olympics. Yeah. And, you know, if you're the, the head coach of a, you know, a Brazil or a Russia where you're really fighting, you know, even, even before with the longer format, you're really fighting to get into that top eight. Now you're really fighting, you know, you basically got to burn your best seven on day one to really try and get to get in. And, you know, you're losing two additional games. You're losing two additional opportunities to figure out how, you know, how how we can build for the Olympics and how we can perform at our best. Yeah, so rather than potentially giving girls minutes in in pool games
1: to let them develop and and get into the game a little bit, there's a lot of back-end pressure in the tournament to be using girls, you know, to cover injuries or or subs, five low, whatever it is, that haven't necessarily
0: been able to, you know, drip-feed themselves into the tournament. Yeah, and I... I think the other thing, just talking to a couple of athletes, is that part of the sentiment around, or part of the sentiment that they said around the reasoning, is because now we have all these, and this was this was an, in an article. This word, integrated tournaments. Um, the first day of these integrated tournaments loses money, so we've decided to shorten it. So there's a there is a a growing sentiment that particularly from the female athletes involved that you know they're being lumped with the they're being blamed you know for w- one for wanting to play alongside the men but two now oh because we have to play alongside the men they're shortening the format yeah
1: uh, they could probably just market the format a little bit better
0: but <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. and you know the other thing you talk about money day one day one money the the other thing that is interesting because they've shortened the format. You don't have any breaks in play anymore. So over a three-day tournament, you know you have a men's block and an hour break. Mm. Then you have a women's block and an hour break. So that provides an opportunity for everyone in the stadium to then get out of their seat, go outside, jump on the jumping castle, kick the footy into the whole thing. the Fiji in the DJ booth. <laughs> have, a, have a couple of beers, do that sort of thing then come back to the game and watch for another hour block. Yeah, But because it's just bang, 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 every hour there's a block of footy, you're not actually getting the sort of carnival atmosphere and experience. So it's, no. a, du- it's a double-edged sword because people aren't having as much fun. No, and, and we
1: saw it sort of live. lot. Like, you know, there were certain games, you know, particularly Fiji where there was 15,000, 20,000 people in the sta- stadium, but then, you know, for the next game, which may have been... A pool, like a female pool game, there was like five thousand people because everyone had gone out the back, or gone to get a drink, or gone to do this, or gone to do that, and it was really, yeah, it was really disappointing to see sort of the the consistent difference we had, yeah, game to game,
0: yeah. So you know, and it it begs a question, you know, why 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 do people in decision making positions just make decisions without consulting? You know this, uh, this happens in every workplace it yeah. probably happens in management all 101 <laughs> yeah but they they're making these decisions one without consulting the coaches two without consulting the national sporting bodies and three without consulting the players yeah there seems to be three levels of due diligence that just haven't been yeah. that haven't happened
1: and from a financial aspect too one of, one of the greatest tournaments I went to was when the sevens was in Adelaide mm. you know they had I don't think the sevens started until Four o'clock maybe On the Friday yeah. night So yeah. it was, you know There's a huge focus on You know Finish work At four o'clock Walk down to the sevens Massive Friday night the sevens Everyone played Their one pool game mm. And then you know They were able to start A little bit later On the Saturday morning mm. And then play through And then obviously The full day Sunday But yeah, sort of what it is now Is we start at 8.30 On a Saturday morning And then 8.30 On a Sunday morning And I, what do we play to 8.30 on 8.30 Saturday at night no, I think Yeah you know, Yeah like obviously, we don't want the athletes playing at midnight. Yeah. But there is certainly a way to market the times that we play these games and to try and find windows that work. You know, you, you look at AFL teams, for example. Um, you know, if they they have the ability week to week to change their optimum performance time mm. given, you know, whether they're playing a Sunday afternoon game, Friday night game, you know. there's The high performance programs are able to manage – the athletes and manage the times that they can perform. So, you know, if we had these conversations with a little bit of time out from tournaments, we could actually sit down and, and figure out what's going to be A, financially viable for the, you know, the hosting country and then
0: B, what's viable for the players and coaches. Yeah, and at, at this level, you have the luxury of all the athletes being professional. Yeah. So if you know, all right, we're playing a nine o'clock game, let's get in a couple of training sessions at nine o'clock. Yeah. yeah, it's not ideal that yeah. you're taking time away from family time and whatever. But given they're professionals and you're paying them to play this game full time, you have that luxury. Yeah. And, and I think
1: 90% of players who you said, would you prefer to play at nine o'clock at night or 9 a.m. in the morning? I know what but, I'd say. You know, it, you're individually, like I know my performance is always better at night than it is in the morning. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, it, it's hard because if you're playing a nine o'clock game, and, and look, this happens in the Aeon series, and we. We don't have the luxury of being professional, so we have to structure it this way. But it becomes, you know, in the morning you're up at 5.30 and you're having breakfast at 6 and you're on the bus at 7. Yeah, And then you're getting strapped at 8 for a 9 o'clock game. So it's, it's this real helter-skelter, like we've got to get to the ground, we've got to get strapped, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. Stressful. It's stressful for me. I'm not even playing.
1: It's stressful for me, man. I've got to, I'm getting you six <laughs> coffees at 5.30 in the morning. But but again, if we sat them with those like the Aon players and sort of looked at what window worked best for them, yeah. you know, it would be later, yeah, rather than earlier, yeah. you know, and potentially that's some scope moving forward, you know, especially with someone like WA looking at, you know, potentially hosting tournaments with time difference and stuff, like there might be some scope to play night games and yeah,
0: yeah, well, yeah, it's I mean especially on the WA leg where you know even if even if we were to finish at five o'clock in the afternoon, the flight back to the Back to the east coast is is a long flight, and we'd still be getting home at probably eleven or twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the if you're listening, the extra night stay is probably going to be beneficial for everyone. Yeah. All right. Now you've thrown a bit of a spanner in for me. I have. Sorry, mate. It's a new. Se- it's a new segment. Are we doing it every Friday or? I, I guess mean, it depends when we record. Yeah, I mean. on Friday we'll we'll do it on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> So Jimbo has got some Friday fun facts. Sorry, Friday fun stats. Yeah, it's not even facts. So it's not even a triple F. Nah, well, I guess stats are facts. Okay, and if it works better with facts, we'll go with facts. Yeah. Let's go facts. Friday fun facts. So
1: what have you got for us today? So obviously we've got a you know an eight week break leading into Hong Kong. So we're just going to review some stats from sort of to now in the season of yep. a sort of team stats, which all really sort of help to justify the performances of of the teams that we've seen be, be really competitive. And then some individual stats. So, you know, I'm going to sort of ask you for the top three, you think, for the top three of certain stats. And okay. everyone you get right, you get a point. Everyone you get wrong, Jovi gets a point. All right? and Whoever wins, <laughs> I was the other one. It took him
0: 45 minutes to figure out how to get the dream team up on my phone. How, yeah, how does he fair, get a point?
1: Fair, fair. No, but if you get it wrong, he gets a point And whoever loses... I was the other one, a week's worth of coffee. Man, he drinks a lot of coffee. Hashtag coffee grounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? All right. So, I mean, this one will be pretty easy. We'll start easy. All right?
0: This is the team. But that, that, you, you're putting me under a lot of pressure now. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea. Okay. This is, we just spoke about This is pressure. a high, high ball reception off the kickoff. Okay, good.
1: Uh, so, most points in the series so far, t- team stats. So, New Zealand? One. Correct. Australia, two. Correct. Canada, three. Correct. Oh, ding, and ding, ding. Can you tell me uh, roughly, I'll give you in estimates of 50 points, how far ahead New Zealand are to, to Australia? 150 points. Oh, just 100. Oh, okay. I mean, they're tec- technically 94, but close to 100. Yeah,
0: this is closer to 150 than zero. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, next one. That's a win for me.
1: Yeah, I'll give, I'll yeah, give you half thanks. a tick, half a tick.
0: <laughs> Suck it, Jovi, no ticks yet.
1: Uh, so top three for most tries. New Zealand?
0: Yep. Australia? Yep. Canada? Bingo. <laughs> Look at him. He's on fire.
1: Uh, now, this one is an interesting... Is it, is it going to be the same three again? Uh, no. Okay. No, i am scroll down to one that's not the same. <laughs> uh, actually, this is an interesting one. Yep. Number one's pretty easy, but the other two are interesting. Ah, right, most offloads by a team. Well, Fiji, yeah, bingo.
0: France, yeah. New Zealand, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, that, so the French one's interesting, and the only reason I picked up on that is because they threw a ton of offloads on the weekend. Yeah, so really big, dominant carries and yeah. offloads. So, yeah, it's impressive. Be interesting to take that a step further. And if there's any statisticians out there that can do this or sports coders that can do this, it'd be interesting to see – Or Jovi. Or Jovi. It'd be interesting to see what percentage of those offloads lead to points. Effective, ineffective yeah. offloads. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what.
1: I've got the afternoon off. I'll have a look. <laughs> uh, now, this is this is interesting. There's a team in this next one that's not here, so this is giving you a big hint, all right? So this is most tackles so far.
0: Most tackles? Yeah, so you'd assume it's a team that defends lots. Yeah. So Canada is in there? No. They're not in there.
1: This is interesting. Yeah. And right. I guess this goes back to our watching them play like they hang off a lot. Yeah, I suppose that's for, true. You know, they're yeah. so disciplined they just wait for you to make a mistake. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're not there. They are fourth. So they're okay. about eighty eighty points back from eighty tackles back from, from the number one seed. Is that New Zealand? It is not. USA. It is not. Jovi, you could be on for a week's oh, worth of coffee right. here. Uh, France. It is. Number one.
0: Number, well, technically tied with second, but yeah, they're, they're listed as number one. <laughs> Did I say the second place team already? No. Nope. Oh, wow. Fiji? No. no. England? No. <laughs> Jovi, you could we get a free slice it. here. Well, who are they then?
1: New Zealand and Australia. Oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah. 441 tackles for France and New Zealand and 415 for Australia. For
0: Australia. Wow. Right. it's in, interesting.
1: Yeah. So this one, I'm locking you in. I'm putting $1,000 on you to get Ooh, this. Okay. Because we've spoken about it already. <laughs> this is most, as in like the way they play. Yep. Uh, most
0: carries so far. That's Canada. Bingo. Yeah. And that's that's evident. I bet it's a big number too.
1: 660 carries. Yeah.
0: So that's evident because of the way they retain the ball, and they've yeah. got a couple of you know Ben. Ben loves a carry. Landry loves a carry, um, and yeah, e- evident because they like to put phases together, and they just wait for you to make a mistake. They yeah. wait for you to get impatient. So, so that is yeah two and makes three a lot of sense. I'd say France is in in there. that nah. U.S. Nah, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, and and Australia. Yeah, so. Yeah. Canada 660 Yeah And then New Zealand
1: Yeah 612 Australia 605 So Okay you know, th- Two teams are sitting above them Yeah um, on, the, well, on the table
0: And I, and I suppose too it's, it, I guess it, You know that, that's, that's always going to be A little bit skewed For teams that Have the ball
1: Yeah And I'm, I guess a little bit skewed Now that some teams Are playing two games less Yeah <laughs> Per tournament That's a very good point Alright, so now we're going to go into Shouts to the US We're going to go into player statistics Ooh. So I've got Jovi 16 points ahead so far it, So
0: it, It's incorrect uh, If I could make dings on here, I would But I yeah, can't Well, Ding <laughs> Alright, so we'll start
1: Oh, actually this is an interesting stat so okay. the, the top three individual tacklers when you, when you say their names It'll make a lot of sense To why they're successful Large hint
0: Uh, I got nothing for you on that one. Tell me what country they're from. <laughs> they're from New Zealand, I suppose. All three. Yeah, yeah. So what? Kelly Kelly yeah, Brazier, yeah, Brazier, yeah, who's
1: yeah their lockdown defender in the middle. Yeah, and then Ruby Tui and Niall Williams, yeah. who are their you know yeah they're, they're the players either side, either side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. interesting. Number four is from Australia. Can you tell me who that might be? Staples is not. She is twelfth with forty-four. Okay. Williams.
0: No. Nah. Uh, Parry? Nah, Williams is 37. Okay. So it's an edge. Someone on the, or someone, a center. Tonagato? It's a half. A half. Mm. Ashby? It's a taller half. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Lucas? It is. Yeah, 57. Okay. So technically tied for third. Yeah, so. right.
0: Well, that's interesting because she's missed a tournament too, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, No. Has she? I don't know. Yeah. Can't I'll see you what, We'll get to that. Stat yeah, soon. Yeah. All right. So, most tries. Pretty easy one. Individually. Yep. Flula. Yep. Uh, 31. Blide. Negatron. She's Negatron. missed a oh, lot Oh, she's of, missed yeah. one. Uh, green. Bingo. 26. Yeah. So, and five behind. And is it from what? Is it from a. Is it an Australian? It is not. Is it a Kiwi? It is not.
1: Ooh. It is a Southern Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tapper. It is not. Kirsch. It is not. Kelter. It is. yeah <laughs> Joby, mate, you could be going for two weeks worth of coffee here. Uh, now, this next one is quite interesting. Um, most offloads.
0: I, I, hang on, back to Kelter. That is an interesting stat yeah. because she's – Middle, I guess you'd yeah. say she, she's. I mean, one in off the edge or in the middle of the field. And to, to be fair, if we if we put together her
1: try assist stats, they would probably be pretty high Huge. as well. She's yeah. Her game is built around setting other girls up for yeah. so to her for her to be. I think the fourth was eighteenth. Yeah, eighteen tries. So for her yeah. to be, you know, clear that, third that far ahead is pretty impressive. And that's
0: why I named every winger they have yeah. in their squad. Because and and, and
1: to be fair, for a team that's not been performing yeah as well as expected. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. So yeah. Top three offloaders, offloaders individually. Oh dear, I'll back in to get two of them. But the third one is is very interesting. <laughs> where are they from? Uh, well, number one, come on, you yeah. don't need help with that. You know where they're from.
0: They're from Fiji. So yep. Is that Louisa? It is not. Nah, I can, I, no idea.
1: Asanati Suva.
0: Yeah. Okay. I've um, I've actually pronounced that wrong. It's Savu. I've yeah. Ugh, come on, mate. Not wearing my glasses. I mean, yeah, obviously that that makes sense. They that they their whole game is built a, built around their offloads. And I and I suspect um you know, noting the men play in pairs, I I suspect the women do too. Yeah. So given I'll give you some hints for
1: number two yeah. from the second top offloading team.
0: <laughs> I can't remember. I've been I've been throwing out so many stats. Bonjour. Yeah. Uh but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I can't pronounce her last Bertrand. name. Bertrand. Bertrand, yeah. 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 Um. So just to throw a weird
1: stat in there, the top Australian offloader is at number 14. That's Garda with 16. Yeah, right. So number three, knowing that it's quite an interesting stat. So someone that you wouldn't expect to be offloading. <laughs> Kelter? No. You'd expect her to be offloading. <laughs> uh, well, well, more so than this player. Uh, when you say it, it'll make a lot of sense. Uh, well, I'm not, who is it? From New Zealand, got 24 offloads. Oh, Flula? It is Flula. Wow. So top try scorer and, you know, third offloader. So obviously, you know, we saw that a little bit the way she plays. If it's not on for the edge, really backs herself to cut in and Mm. attack that centre and then lay the
0: offload in behind. She's got a deadly, like, cut it cut from the outside in. And then, well, I mean, we did see it in that final. She had a nice cut, got to the sweeper. And then sort of fended her off and threw a nice offload um, for a score. So she's yeah. And but it, but it is impressive being an being an edge player. You don't often get that many opportunities no, to throw. And them.
1: I guess we we spoke about her and Blyde versus you know Elia. Yeah. Leading into Sydney, um, she's probably the most dynamic player on the series. Mm. And you know the, the way she can cut like obviously Elia cutting back off the edge. I wouldn't want to be in front of like she's so powerful and dominant. But yeah. Stacy is so dynamic and so balanced; she can really go any
0: way. Well, yeah, it's a different different reasons. I think Elia's the scariest, most intimidating player with space. Yeah, but Flula's not far behind because she makes you look silly. Yeah, in a in yeah. a different way. Elia will run over you. Yeah. Flula will put you in a spin cycle and yeah. and have scored the try before you realise she's around you.
1: Yeah, and I get I guess she's she's that mix between like your Elliot Green and your Charlotte
0: Caslick. Yeah, I mean, she's.
1: She's super dynamic and dangerous,
0: but also really classy and, and really balanced. Yeah, and oh. just having an unreal year. Yeah, just yeah. on a yeah. side yeah. note. And and to be fair,
1: she's she's been in and around the traps for a number of seasons. Yeah. but she's really found something else. Mm. You know, mate. Not sure what it is, but she's she's found something else this season, and she's you know, she's having a bit of a breakout year. Yeah. All right. So last stat, most yellow cards for it, players. Players individually. Yeah. <laughs> so i I i I'll just I'll read off some names for yep. you if you want. So we're at uh sixty-four we've got Anna Doyle from Ireland with zero. <laughs> that's so helpful. That's of any help. That's very helpful. Elliot Green at twenty-four with uh with one.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: What else have we got in here? All right, we've got Soraya Paki at number six with two. Right. So the person in first place has three? Correct. And then I mean, technically you've got six girls tied to second <laughs> with two. But you know So Packy, yeah, good. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. number no, Second I'm not place. It to you. I'm second place.
0: Uh first but what what country?
1: The first place yeah. is Brazil. Ooh. And then I'll give you a hint with two and three. Yeah. It's done in alphabetical order. So the names start with A. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh Brazil. I'll
0: even give you all countries. It's Brazil, yep. Russia, USA. I mean, that's not surprising, but I I can't pick one out of there. I'll give you a hint. Number three's already been mentioned today. Kelter, Kelter, Yeah. That's not surprising because she, she she goes hard at the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Russia. I can't pronounce any of their names. Sova. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. And then Brazil, is it one of the Costas? Nah.
1: No, that might have cost you a coffee.
0: <laughs> Who is it then? Come Mariana on, Mariana Nicolau. Ah, uh, okay. She's in the middle too. Yeah. Yeah. She locks down. So, uh, what else we
1: got here? Anything? Oh, actually. Well, Last found, one Yeah Most clean breaks This is easy one This will get you back on top I'm back in year near It's Flula It is with
0: 38 Yeah And then Green With 24 And then Kelter.
1: Bingo With 23 Oh Yeah So for a bonus point Is it for all the coffees? Find someone in Oh actually Alright Charney. Big fan of the show Yep Can you tell me how many clean line breaks Charney's had?
0: The total number.
1: I'll give you a hint. It's more than one, but less than
0: 38. (laughs) 16. No. More? Less. 12. Less. 7. More. 8. More. (laughs) 10. Less. (laughs) 9. Yeah. How good. Great job. So that's two a tournament, which is pretty impressive for someone in the middle of the field. In my view.
1: Yeah. 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 And, I mean, you can sort of see the way she's sort of changed up her game a little bit in the way she hits lines and really runs hard off. You know, even off Elliot Graham, we've seen it a couple of times. Yeah, well, Elliot,
0: yeah, that's right. Short, so, nice little short ball. She slipped
1: yeah. right through. So, no, it's exciting. So, basically, the results of that are you owe Jovi coffee.
0: Jovi, you're, right. you're not getting any. I've got your back. sorry, mate. All right, well, look, stairway to sevens for another week has been clocked. Uh, O'Keefe it's not happening mate the music's already started playing we're, we're done so thank you again to thanks Liam's mum and dad yeah thank you thank you to the cover thank you to everyone listening we will be back next week with a couple of guests because we've got absolutely no sevens to talk about other than Thrillish. some domestic stuff so it's a, it's a tough time of year for us